Hey, we've got a, we've got a team of people at home um, uh, praying for you right now and, um, and for our time together. Like Vicky said, we've just had a beautiful time uh, with uh, New South Wales Vineyards and um, love what God's doing with you. I, know, I, I realize it's quite a, you know, you're in a, you're in a tough season uh, in some areas and in a wonderful season in other areas. And, and, um, and we've really come, I guess, to... Um, you know, we, we always regard these things. I think there's a verse in Romans, uh, one that talks about where Paul said, you know, I long to be with you. I think it's, is it 18 or something? I can't remember the exact address, but I know it's in the book. And um, and uh, says that, you know, I'm longing to be with you that I might impart some spi- some kind of spiritual gift and and that we might both be encouraged by each other's faith, you know. And so, so we expect that that's the exchange that we're going to have while we're here with you. So it is absolutely delightful. Like Vicky said, you know, we've got some very long-term relationships here. And um, we just, uh, you know, so looking forward to what God's going to do. We've brought, uh, you, we're going to, um, you'll, you'll get to meet Dan and Gab a bit more tomorrow. But Dan and Gab are wonderful friends of ours. They're a young couple who are planting uh, a new, brand new church in uh, central Auckland. Um, just a few months into that plant, they're going to, do you say plant or plant? You say either. I like it. Well, plant is right. Um, <laughs> just, just so, let's clear that thing right up, right from the beginning. Um, but it, so they're planting right in, right in the uh, central area of Auckland. And uh, we, we just, we wanted to bring them with us because we think they're going to be a real gift to you. We think they're going to really encourage you. And uh, I know they've done that with the, with the crew in, um, uh, down in Sydney. It's been beautiful. Um, just before I start, because um, I, I do want to teach tonight, I've even got some, um, I've even got some slides. It's, we are so organized. It's, it's fabulous. Um, but I've, when you guys started praying for me, I just started getting a pain in my heart. And, and I know I actually don't have a, I, I know my, tick, you know, I know lots about me is not that flash, but, but I know my heart is actually in really good shape. So, and I just had a pain right here. So who's, who's got that? Who's who's got who's got chest pains right now? It's free. I'm not going to ask you to sing the national anthem or anything like that. It's, it, it's, it's, this is going to be absolutely free to pray for you, and you know we're not going to embarrass anybody. But I, the, you know, come to recognise that those are little those are invitations from the Holy Spirit when that happens. You're welcome to take it home <laughs> if you if you want. Any takers? There's a pain right about, right about there. Well, I'll carry on. That's all right. I'm sure God's going to do some beautiful things amongst us. Our, our expectation is... Um, that we want to, we want to come, uh, really to encourage, you know, that th- there'll be this, this real sense of, of, of encouragement. And we thought we'd just share a little bit about what's, what's been happening in New Zealand um, with your cousins just across the water. And um, we're, we're, in a, we're in a really beautiful season right now. We're, um, we're 20 years old, the same as you guys are. We were released in, in 1995. How many of you were at the Churchlands event? Um, Right back there in uh, 1995. So a few, a few of us were there. And, and we, haven't, we, haven't we tracked some amazing, you know, we've been on some wonderful heights and some, we've plumbed some interesting depths. And, you know, it's been, it's been a grand ride. It's, you know, who, I don't know. It's just been, it's just been absolutely marvelous what God's done with us all. And um, so we're celebrating in October when we bring all our uh, churches together 
uh, the beginning of October, we're, we're going to celebrate 20 years of, of vineyard ministry in New Zealand. And, and you know, we've, we've actually, we're, we're a little bit older than that because we started as a, as a church in 1989. We, Vicky and I gathered together some people in our lounge room and, um, and, and we, were, we were just worn out with church life. You know, we were, we'd, we were in our second church plant in a, in a different movement. And um, it was actually really, it was, a, it was actually a tremendously successful church plant. You know, we, we were seeing a lot of people becoming, um, becoming Christians that had absolutely no Christian background at all. Uh, we were seeing signs and wonders happening in that place. We'd, we'd built a building and, then, and, and we'd outgrown that and we'd actually bought more land and moved the building up onto that, onto that land so we could expand it. And, you know, it was, a, it was an incredible season. And, and, but in the midst of that, we were dying. You know, we were just like, this, surely it's just not all about our effort. You know, surely it's not how hard we work. And, um, and, and we, in the end, we, we, you know, we, kind of, we encountered the vineyard in 86 when, when, uh, when John Wimber and his team came. And I think they, did they come to Brisbane straight after that? Was it the following year they came? 87. 87, yeah. So, so we went to that conference, and I know, I know a bunch of you kind of had experiences when they came to, to Australia, the same kind of thing. But, we, but, you know, I went there, Vicky was... Just, I think we just had our son. Um, so we've got three, three adult children uh, who are all married and they've just presented us with a grandchild. So it's actually a miracle that we're even here because we really don't want to leave home. We just want to play with him all day. But, <clears throat> but here we are, you know, it's, it's how much we love you. Um, and, um, but so I went down to this conference. I was, I was seriously applying for jobs. I'm like, I, you know, I just, this is killing me, you know. And, um, and we were at that, I was at that conference and, and I just realized I've just met my family. You know, I've met my tribe. You know, I, lo- I love the whole family. I love the whole church, as, as I know that you do. Um, but but in, that, in that evening, in that conference, it was like I've, met, I've come home. And, and I know a lot of people have kind of had that same kind of experience. You know, I, I, bet you, I bet you there's a bunch of you that have had that when you walked in here to Pine Rivers. When you're the same in, are you Brisbane West? Is that, is that, yeah, Brisbane West. Same thing. You know, we, we hear that when people walk into our churches, you know, into the, into the, into the gathering. They kind of go, it's, it just feels like coming home. And um, there's that beautiful thing that takes place. And um, so we, uh, you know, after a couple of years, we kind of realized, you know, we, we're, we're made for something different. So we left and we, and we began this little church that started in our home. And, and we went through a time of just remarkable uh, expansion. We, we, we grew from that little group in our, in our lounge room. In five years, we grew to 10 churches. We planted, we planted the first church. It, you know, well, it just, it just spilled out of our lounge room, and it, and it took off. And, and, and then churches started getting planted out of it. In our first decade, we, we grew from one church to 25 churches in New Zealand. You know, which, which you know, if you know how big New Zealand is, you know, that's pretty much the entire country. Um, and... and <laughs> <clears throat> but but it, was, it, was, it was a pretty remarkable time for us. And then we entered the second decade of our, of, of our, of our time together, and, and, we, and we experienced a different kind of growth, and we, we grew from 25 to 15. And, um, you know, we, just, we went through this, through this difficult season. People, people were wearing out. People were discouraged. You know, um, stuff was happening. People were doing what people do. And, uh, you know, and, and we went into this decline. <clears throat> and then on our... On our um, at the anniversary of our, of our next decade, we kind of realized, you know, if we don't do something, you know, if we, if we don't inquire of the Lord what's going on and, and, and listen to what he's saying, do what he's saying, then we'll just, we'll actually just become just a handful of churches. And I actually think that we, you know, in the vineyard, we've got a beautiful jewel. We've, we've got this incredible treasure. You know, we often kind of say that, you know, it, it, and I'm sure it works the same over here, but in New Zealand, we think that... Um, you know, we, we think that vineyard churches really kind of, it's like we've, we've 
we've done our very best to take away every cultural barrier that we possibly can so that people can come and encounter God you know, with, without having to kind of go through any kind of um, cultural barriers, theological barriers. You know, it's just, it's just the barrier of faith, you know, that people just have to meet Jesus and, and, and step into that. So, you know, and, we, and we think that Vineyard is beautifully placed. You know, our values, the, the things that he's put into our hearts, they're just beautifully placed. And it's the same here in Australia, that Vineyard churches are, are just are really kind of open the door for, for Aussies. You know, I think there's something about what we do and how we do it that, that really appeals to people that kind of go, I can play. You know, we, we, we have all these kind of sayings of everybody gets to play. You know, and it's such a beautiful thing that, that we invite people into that. And... Um, so, so what we want to do, uh, the, the, the team of us, um, we've, got, we've got four sessions um, between tonight and, and tomorrow night. And what we'd love to do is just, is just share one of the things, you know, it, it's, a kind of a, it, it's, a, it's an overall kind of picture, but we'd love to share that with you because uh, it's really helped us as a, as a movement, you know, kick into what, we, what we've sensed God's doing. And we, we've just begun to see in our, in, the, in our next generation, you know, Dan and Gab are just one of, uh, one of several uh, young couples like this who are planting churches throughout, throughout our country. And, and we're just seeing life just beginning to spring up. It's, you know, we're, so it's a beautiful season that we're in. You know, one of the, so, so we, we want to talk to you about, about two things over this time. We want to talk about kingdom expansion, and we want to talk about building community. These, these two things that, that we hold in tension. Now, we're the vineyard, and we know what it's like to hold truths in tension. You know, we're, we're, we're used to grappling with this thing of, of holding two seemingly opposing truths in, in tension. Community should be further over, but I, I can't do that. Um, but just imagine that it's kind of it's it's be, it's right behind building, um, and but but you know there's this there's this sense you know so so we're aware of this you know we, we know that um, for example that God God is a God of love, and He's also a God of wrath you know He's a jealous God He's He's a God of vengeance you know and we hold those two truths in tension we don't, you know we don't, you don't break the tension and kind of go you know. I'm not sure about the God of Ross. So I'm just going to hang out with the God of love. You know, we, we know what it's like in, in, in this movement to hold oppo- seemingly opposing truths in tension. You know, we, we've got a theology for healing and we've got a theology for dying. You know, it's a, it's a really, really helpful thing. It's, it's one of the things that really helped me find my way into this movement. And in, and in this conference, what we're looking at is, is this tension that, that kingdom expansion almost seems the opposite of building community. You know, that, that we're going out and we're trying to reach lost people and, you know, we're, and we're trying to see the activity of the kingdom out, out, you know, outside of these walls, outside of this, this, the community when we gather together. And, and then, there's this, then there's this almost opposite thing of, no, we need to be together. You know, we need to, we need to create these beautiful, attractive communities of love and hope and faith where people come in and they, they encounter the presence of God and they have that kind of experience of, I'm coming home. You know, I'm coming home to the Father. I've, I've found my way home. You know, and, and churches all over the world, we, you know, we, we tend to have this uh, propensity to break the tension and to head to one thing or, or the other. You know, some churches are, are, are just really leaning into this thing of, you know, getting out into the world and preaching the gospel, taking God's power out of the streets, you know, uh, um, looking for the poor and the marginalized, seeing the kingdom expand through lost people. And, you know, and he authorized us to go into the whole world and, and preach the gospel. Um, oh. <laughs> Don't you love this man? <laughs> Thank you, Neil. <clears throat> that, is so, that is so cool. If you could just correct my theology on the ones that are coming up as well, that would be, that'd be really helpful. 
And, and, then there's, and then there's a whole other kind of churches that, that are just all about having this really loving community of people where we, where we enjoy God's presence in our gatherings and, you know, we, and we, just, we linger in his presence and we, and we love that and we support each other and we cheer in each other's grandstands and, you know, and, and it's about building this beautiful, beautiful community. And the Bible, Bible has a, it's got a whole lot of kind of metaphors of what the church is like. You know, the, in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, it says that um, it, it talks about the church as being a temple. It's a, in other words, it's a place where, where we worship. It's that he's building this place so that, so that worship can be released and, and worship can be lifted up to him as you come, it says in 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by human beings, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Again, you go into, into the book of Ephesians, and there's, and there's other pictures of it. In, uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 and 20, it says, Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but you're fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, where Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. And there's, and there's this beautiful picture of the church. So the church is a, is a temple, but it's also his household, you know, where, where people come as strangers and, and actually and find their family members and, and are knitted in and become this incredible household where we, where we really do have each other's backs, where we, where we speak positively with one another, we encourage people, we call people forward. It's a beautiful thing. And, and then you go on and, you, and there's other places where it talks about the church as being like an army. And, and um, in Matthew 16, in that, in that incredible exchange that, uh, that Jesus, Jesus has with Peter. It says, uh, Matthew 16, verse 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah. The, you know, he was asking him, so who do you think I am? And he says, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this wasn't revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of death won't overcome it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, you know, a little bit later on into the pastoral epistles, and with, with, uh, in First Timothy, Paul, Paul reminds Timothy, he says in, in 1 Timothy 1.18, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, that by recalling them, you might fight the battle well. And we're really familiar with this thing in 2 Corinthians that talks about, you know, that, that our battle's not with flesh and blood, but our, our battle's with principalities and powers and, you know, and the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds and we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so, you, you know, there's, there's, this, there's these multiple pictures of what the church is. And, you know, and, and, we, and the tendency is that we, that we tend to land on one or, you know, or land on the other. But, but God's invitation for us is to actually hold these things in tension. You know, that, that, you know everything within us kind of goes up, we're going to be this kind of church. But, but I don't think he gives us that luxury. I, I, I think he's, you see, see we, you know, it, it's even this kind of this thing of between the power and the presence. But, but, but when, wherever his presence is, his power is there. And, and wherever his power is, his presence comes with it. it it's, you know, it, it's, it's like he can't do one without the other. Now, I, I'm, again, you know, I've, my, my years of, of uh, being in the church and, and, you know, and living in the kind of the wide Christian circles, uh, you know, so much is made of this thing of balance. You know, people are kind of going like, you, you need to be balanced. 
And, um, you know, and, and, you know, and when we get off balance, people kind of, oh, you know, you know, you're a little off balance there, you know, if you want to come back in, which, which really usually just means you just want to settle down, um, you know, and, and kind of don't make the rest of us um, uh, feel so uncomfortable. And, you know, and Jesus, Jesus, Jesus said this, and, and this, is, this is Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of this, of this verse in Matthew 11. Uh, verses 28 through 30. I, I, I think, you know, sometimes, sometimes in the message, I, I'm more confused by what he says than others. But this verse, I think he absolutely nails it. It's, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. And learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And I want to talk, you know, this is what we're going to do over this period of time. We, we're, going to, we're going to look at these unforced rhythms of grace. You know, what does it mean? And he says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And so, you know, it, it seems like God's really clear that he's not saying pursue balance. See, see what, I, I know this is kind of a bit goofy, but, but if, I, if I stand here like this, I am perfectly balanced. And what you'll notice immediately is I'm going nowhere. When you're, when you're perfectly at balance, when you're in that place of homeostasis, you are going nowhere. It's comfortable, but you're actually not making any progress. And it seems like he wants to teach us these unforced rhythms of grace. You know, we've watched our little grandson learn to walk. And I, and you know, when you watch children learn to walk, it's a miracle any of us survive. You know, that you bounce off any piece of sharp furniture that there is. You know, it's, it's just this terrifying thing. It's stumble and crash and bounce off things. You can't, it's, it's wonderful that we don't remember anything, you know, before the age of two, I think. Otherwise, we'd be completely traumatized. You know, we'd be afraid to leave the house. Uh, and, you know, it, it, but, but children, you know, within, a, within just a few months, I mean, I mean our, our little son, our little grandson, Vinny, is, is just, you know, he's just, he's running. He's charging around the place. And it just happens so quickly. I, I had the experience, and I know some of you, some of you are familiar with my story, but I, um, when I was 40, I, I went and visited a chiropractor. I, I'd, I'd, um, I'd hurt my neck playing rugby. Uh, actually, who, who's got the rugby world cup? Oh, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> but I, I hurt my neck playing, playing rugby as a kid. And... Um, and, and it was starting to hurt a little bit. So I went, I went to the, I'd never been to a chiro, chiropractor before. And on my third treatment, he gave me a little gift. Um, what, he, what he did is he actually put an internal tear in an artery in my neck through the treatment that I received. And, uh, and a clot formed on that, on that, uh, that little fissure in the, in the artery. And six days later, the clot broke off and lodged in my brainstem and caused a, a, a reasonably substantial stroke. And um, so as a 40-year-old, I lost, I lost all the power on my right side. I, I couldn't move my right side. And my left side, I lost, I lost um, pain and temperature sensation. Um, and uh, I, so I kind of had this, this really cool double, double whammy thing that took place. And, um, you know, I, I kind of jokingly say to people, you know, losing pain and temperature is quite good because you can iron your shirts while you're wearing them. But um, <coughs> just kidding. Um, but so I, I found myself as a 40-year-old as a man in hospital you know, and, and the physiotherapist coming to visit me, you know, first of all, they, they, I sat up on the side of the bed, and I'm kind of like, this is not a good idea. Well, first of all, when the ambulance came, they kind of said, you know, I was, it was, a two, I was at my parents' house at the time, and they said, we want you to walk down the stairs. I'm like, you don't understand. I, I actually can't move. And they're like, come on, yeah. you just, you just, you know, just being a little boy, come on. I'm like, honestly, I can't move. They sat me up, and I just went, 
<laughs> oh, yeah, we need to strap you into the stretcher. And um, so, uh, so in the hospital, the, 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 um, after, you know, after, after they kind of figured out what had taken place, you know, the, not to make a, a long story too long, but, you know, when I, when I first went into the emergency uh, room, they kind of, they trundled me off and got a CAT scan, and they kind of said, look, we've, look, we've you know, we've kind of um, imaged, your, imaged your head and there's nothing there. And I'm like, <laughs> and that's meant to comfort me. <laughs> um, it, was, it was a beautiful moment. Um, but, but what, what they meant, my brother had had a, had, had a brain tumor, and it's kind of like, oh, I hope there's not that. Um, and um, so, so it took a few days for them to kind of figure out what had taken place. And then they kind of, they, they were kind of like, I was, I was actually in a lot better shape back then. And um, they were kind of like, you, it looks like you've had a stroke, but, but you, we can't figure out why you would have had it. And um, we kind of went back through the, through the week, and then they, they finally tracked it down. So that was, that was what it was. When they did some more imaging, they kind of saw, yeah, that's, what, that's where it took place. And, um, but they, then they began to do this kind of this physiotherapy with me. And I remember the first, the first session, the, the physiotherapist came up to my bed, and they kind of said, um, okay, well, move your toe. And I'm, I'm going, lady, I'm trying with all my mind and all my will to move my toe, but nothing's happening. And, and so I, I went through this rehabilitation process of learning to walk. It, it was like my computer disk had been wiped. And, and any, any thought of how, to, of how to move this side of my body had gone. But the, but the incredible thing was that, that they, every, every time the, the different physiotherapists kind of logged in a movement, so I moved my toe, and immediately they did that, I could repeat it. And, and I learned, as a 40-year-old, I learned every movement. And, and I learned... You know, with, so within two weeks, I was able to walk like a Gumby. And, and I've got to be honest, I still actually feel that when I run these days, it, it feels like I'm, you know, I'm kind of... Uh, people tell me that that's not what it looks like, but honestly, that's what it feels like inside. It feels so, so weird. Um, so, but I learned to walk again. And, 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 was, and it's, been a really, it's been a really helpful thing for me because what, what walking is... You know, when you think about how we walk, you know, we've, you know, we've all kind of mastered it. So, you know, we all walked in here beautifully, gracefully. You know, I, I watched, you know, and, and we, just, we, just, we just glided in, took our seats. You know, it was, it was a magnificent performance. And, uh, but, but in reality, walking is this. You, you, you throw yourself off balance far enough to the point that if you don't move your leg out, you will face plant. You know, and, and then if you want to make more progress, you throw yourself off balance on the opposite direction. And before you know it, you're starting to move. And what walking is, is just is simply controlled lurching that over a period of time we've, we've formed <laughs> into this graceful movement. But it really is just this kind of lurch to the right, lurch to the left, lurch to the right, lurch to the left. And... Um, it's a, you know, when you kind of think about it, it's, it's the weirdest thing, isn't it? We're, we are, you know, if you're going to make any kind of progress, you, you, you are actually majorly out of balance and, and in mortal danger at any moment. That's what it's like. You know, and, and, and that's what we're talking about over this. These are the unforced rhythms of grace that we're going to lurch out into this thing of, of, of kingdom expansion. But we can't stay there. We're, then we've got, to, we've got to take the next step and we lurch ourselves into this thing of building community. Kingdom community. And then we lurch again, you know, and, and it's, this, it's this incredible walk. You know, another really beautiful picture, if that one, if that one doesn't kind of help, there's another beautiful picture in the book of Nehemiah where, where um, you know, where there's this beautiful picture of the sword and the trowel. 
And, um, you know, I, I know we're really familiar with that story, but, but it says in, in Nehemiah 4, uh, 15 through 17, when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we, we all returned to the wall, each to his own work. And from that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with, with spears, shields, bows, and armor. And the officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And I think it's just, again, it's this, it's this beautiful picture of the unforced rhythms of grace, that, that, we, that we lurch towards building community, and we lurch towards kingdom expansion, and, we've got, and, we, and we don't have the luxury of just doing one or the other. We, we actually have to do both of these things. Now, we, you know, when you think about what the kingdom is, and, and, and tonight I want to lean much more into this thing of kingdom expansion, that, 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 that we are, you know, again, you know, you're vineyard people, and you know what the, vineyard, you know, you know what the kingdom is about. But it's, it's the benevolent rule of God. It's, a, it's, it's that place where the presence of God is welcomed. You know, where his rule is welcomed and experienced. You know, and we're really aware that, that as vineyard people, we hold, we hold two seeming opposites in, in tension. That the kingdom is here. You know, the kingdom is now. You know, and you read verses like um, Matthew 9, 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness. You know, and it's kingdom now. It's all, it's all right here. It's all available. And yet there's, there's, there's an equal number of verses in the Scripture that talk about the kingdom not yet. You know, in, in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8, you know, that, that God put everything under their feet, and then putting everything under them, God left nothing that's not subject to them. And then there's this beautiful statement that says, yet at present we don't see everything subject to them. And we're people who live with this incredible tension of the kingdom is now, but it's, but it's not yet. That it's here, but it's yet to come. And we, you know, and I tell you that that's such a difficult theological tension for us to live in, you know, that that everything within us wants to go. It's just so much easier to do one or the other. Can't we just be kingdom now? You know, can't we just have? Can't we just have it where you know every prayer gets answered instantly? You know, or or, or then some people get so discouraged that they're kind of like, you know, I am so discouraged about praying for sick people that you know what, I'm, I'm I just can't live with that tension, and I'm going to go to kingdom not yet. You know, that, that it's just too hard to keep, you know, I've, I've seen too many of my friends get sick and die. You know, I've seen too many bad situations, and I, I just want to, I want to cut that thing loose. I don't want to live with that tension. And yet again, God doesn't give us that, he doesn't give us that, that privilege. And we know that, you know, we're living in the presence of the future, that, that the kingdom is an invitation, that the, the kingdom is an invasion, that the kingdom is a, is a feast, that we sit down at this table in the presence of our enemies. But our enemies are, are, are looking right over us. You know, when you read Psalm 23, what a magnificent psalm, that he prepares a banquet for me. You know, not in a nice place. <laughs> Under the nose of the enemy, you know. It's, it's amazing what he does. Now, again, let me just give you one more. I, I guess tonight I, I want to kind of throw a bunch of things there. Some of them I'm sure are going to remind you. Some of them I hope, you know, will just kind of make us go, hmm, interesting. Um, but the reality is this, that, that, that you know, we understand that, that the way that salvation works is this, that, that we're not asking God to join us. You know, sometimes our language, I don't think, is that helpful. You know, when we talk about asking Jesus into our life, um, you know, and, and it's true, but it's actually not the most helpful way of explaining it. It's actually that we join Jesus. You know, that, that what we're saying is we enter into his life, that, that we join him and what he's doing, that, 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 the, that the Lord is on the move. He's on the, he's on the move in Queensland, that he has magnificent plans for this beautiful state of yours, and he has magnificent plans for this great nation of yours, that, that he's on the move, and he's inviting us to join his story that began millennia ago. 
and, and we'll continue on, whether we're, you know, what, when we go to bed tonight and, our, and our, you know, our eyes close and we drift off, the Father is going to be at work even while we sleep. He's, been, he's, he's going to be preparing people's hearts for that, for that kingdom encounter. You know, and so we join him in his work. And, and we're looking for the breaking in of the kingdom. And we know that heaven will continue to break into this age until it does so permanently and completely. You know, and, and we long for that. And the job of the church is to continually confront the works of Satan. You know, to, where there's sin, where there's sickness, when there's, you know, when there's brokenness, when there's injustice, when there's poverty and marginalization. You know, we get to join him in what he does. And, and, and he's always against that stuff. You know, and we're familiar with these scriptures in John 5 where it says, Very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. But he, he can only do what he sees the father doing. And what's the father doing? The, father's, the father is actively working against those things. That he's pushing back those things. You know, that, that where he sees sin, you know, that, 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 he's, that he's pushing against that to turn it around. And, and, and the kingdom is on the move. You know, that, see, it's important for us, again, to remember this, that, that it's God that makes things happen, not us. You know, that, that we partner with him. We get caught up in what he does or he passes us by. And we, and we kind of watch it with a, with a wistful look. And kind of go, you know, I wish I, I wish I could play. I wish I could be involved in this thing. It looks amazing. And, and Jesus said, you know, a, a little bit earlier in that, John five seventeen, he says, my father is always, always at his work, even to this very day, and I too am working. And, and, and again, you know, in Matthew 11, he says that since the days of John the Baptist, the, the kingdom of heaven has been advancing with force. And forceful people are taking place, are taking hold of it. You know, there's this, there's this incredible picture that he's drawing for us, you know, and we want to lean into this thing that there is an invasion. Heaven is invading earth, that, that it's touching earth, you know, and, and, and our, our role is to partner with it. We can't make it happen. We have no power to make it happen. We have no authority to make it happen. We join him in what he's doing. We kind of figure, now, where's God at work? What's he doing in, in Queensland? What's he doing in Australia? What's he doing in Brisbane? Love what, love what Gary Best says in his, in his book, Naturally Supernatural. He says, God never stops working. He's building and, and bringing his kingdom with and or without us. And while we sleep, he's actively establishing and extending his rule. And even when we're reading this information, God is working in us and all around us. And his plan in inviting us to share in Jesus' work was never to leave us on our own. His desire is to give us the privilege of joining him in his work. Now, I, I want to give you a, a couple of pictures that have, that have been actually been really helpful for me to kind of to, to, to help me kind of figure out what should I do with my life? Where should I put my energy? There's so many things I could give myself to, you know, over the course of, of my 70, 80, or 90 years that I'm going to be on this earth. You know, what am I going to put my energy into? They, um, they're not perfect diagrams, but they've actually really helped me with this, with this thing of how do, I, how do I lean into this thing of kingdom expansion? Because I, I want to give myself to this. This is, this is uh, what I affectionately call my death star um, uh, illustration. And, but what we know is this, that, that, that we live between two kingdoms. You know, that, 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 that right now, the, that, that we're, we're living, we're working amongst this present evil age. You know, you, you, don't, have to, you don't have to read too many, um, too many newspapers, you don't have to watch too many not, you know, six o'clock news programs to kind of realize our, our world is so broken and so fallen. And we are, you know, we humans are just doing such inhuman things to each other. 
So we, we live in this present evil age. And yet in the middle of that, you know, Jesus used, he used parables like, you know, he said that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. So it's, it's just a little thing, but it's, but it's going to grow and grow and grow until it becomes the largest of trees. You know, it, it, it's amazing. So, so there's this incredible sense of, of this kingdom growing. But, but it, you know, in one sense, it doesn't grow uniformly. It, 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 has, it has an edge where it grows. That, that, that for me, the language around this has been really helpful to kind of think about it as being the advancing edge of the kingdom. That, that's at that boundary point between the present evil age and the kingdom of God. And it's at that point where this kind of activity takes place. And the, the next picture is like, is like a little zoom in on one of those, uh, one of those kind of advancing edges. That, that everywhere around the advancing edge of the kingdom, there's a swirl of activity that's taking place. That, 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 that kingdoms are being, there's clashes of power. That the, the, the Lord is, is there on that advancing edge where those two kingdoms intersect and, and people are being invited to come in to that kingdom. You know, friends, you know, that's where the fun takes place. You know, that, that it's when we, when we engage on that advancing edge of the kingdom, that's where we see the power of God. You know, it's, it's lovely that we get to experience in our churches as well, but, it, but it's really only, it's, you know, it's almost like the, the, the washover that happens in church. The real stuff, sorry, that's the wrong word, but, you know, the, the, the advance takes place as, as we find ourselves at that advancing edge of the kingdom. And, and I want to talk about, you know, how do we figure out where that thing is? Because that's where the action takes place. That's where we invite people to, to step out of darkness and you know, follow that red line, and, and, they, and they come out of this present evil age. They have an encounter with Jesus. Sometimes it's through a prophecy. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's just the sheer power of the truth of the gospel that, that so confronts someone and, invite, and they kind of go, I'm in. I, I want into this thing. You know, when I heard the gospel as a 20-year-old uh, young man at university, I was like, I want in. I, I would be a fool to stay out of this kingdom. It sounds amazing. And, you know, and, 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 there's, and there's this clash that's taking place at that point. And, and again, kind of zooming in, sorry, zooming back out again in this next diagram, one of the challenges, I think, is, is, is when you look at this diagram, you know, we, we, go, we, we go out to that advancing edge of the kingdom, so we step out on, the, on our right foot for kingdom expansion, and, and we invite people to kind of go, now, now that you've entered the kingdom of God, you need to meet the people of God, and we invite people to come, to come right into the very core of the kingdom. You know, it's at that place where we, where we find incredible healing, where, you know, where, where, where the love of our brothers and sisters just brings us to life. You know, and, and I just, I love the church. Um, I, I've, I've known her, I've had an intimate relationship with her for, for um, you know, for four, nearly four decades. And, and I've loved the church. She's never perfect because she's made up of people like you and I, you know, who are capable of moments of great brilliance and moments of absolute insanity, you know, and often within the same hour. You know, and, you know, so, so, so church is an interesting place, and yet it's such a transformative place. But what happens is, you know, we, we first get saved, and we kind of have all these friends who don't know Jesus. And, you know, I, I don't know if you can think back to when you first became a Christian, but it seemed like when I first became a Christian, every person I prayed for, something took place. You know, every prayer I prayed got answered. And then over a period of time, it just seemed that less and less happened. And, and what was happening was I was, I was moving from that from that outside edge, the advancing edge of the kingdom, I was moving into the very core of this, of this thing. I was moving into the community of the saved. And I was seeing less and less happen. 
And sometimes what's ha- what happens in our churches is we kind of go, you know, we're not, you know, we, 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 we're constantly challenged with this with our churches in New Zealand. We're kind of going like, you know, we're not, we're not seeing so, you know, we're not seeing as many healings happening as we, as we used to happen. You know, um, how, can we, how could we possibly go out with a credible message of healing when we've still got sick people in the church? You know, shouldn't we get everyone sorted here before we go back out again? And, and I, I want to suggest to you just, you know, and, and I hope this is, you know, this doesn't kind of tread on, any, on anyone's toes, but, 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 but sometimes it's really good to remind ourselves that the life is on the edge. You know, you, when you think about how, you know, where do you, where do you get fruit on a fruit tree? You, it, it never grows on the trunk. It always, it always grows at the, at the margin. It always grows on the edge, you know, right at the end of the new growth. Is, is where the fruit is. That's where the, that's where the life is. You need the trunk, otherwise, otherwise there could be no branches. There could be no fruit-bearing ability. You, you need both. But I, I think what's, what happens with, with many followers of Jesus, we start at that advancing edge, and, we, you know, and, and in the right direction, we step into the very heart of this thing. But what God wants to teach us is, is the rhythm. We step out to the advancing edge of the kingdom, and we step in to building community, and we step out to the advancing. There's a rhythm of this thing of going out and in, and out and in. You know, let me talk just a little bit about, you know, why is it? I don't know if you've noticed this, but some people just seem to attract more of God's attention than others. You know, and, and like I say, you, you kind of go, man, they, that, these kind of people always get words. These kind of people always, you know, amazing things happen around them. You know, why, is, why does that happen? You know, I, I've been a good Christian. I've been one for a long time. Come on. You know, why, 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 why aren't I, you know, why is it that some people see more of God's activity and power than others? And you, and you go back to what, to, to when Jesus began to, to step out in his ministry in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He stood up and, and, he, and he unrolled the scroll and he read this. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of, of the Lord's favor. And, and it just seems, you know, even when you look at the ministry of Jesus, it just seems that, that more happened with those kind of people. You know, that, that, that it seems like God seems to draw closer to the brokenhearted. It, 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 it seems like he, that God seems to do more with the poor than those, with the, those, those who are well off or comfortable. That, that he seems to do more around the sick than he does around the healthy. That he, that he does more around the marginalized. You know, you think about the Syrophoenician woman. You, you think about the, the Roman centurion. They were, they were marginalized people. Women in general in, the, in that time were marginalized people. You know, they were, they were, they were kind of kept away from anything that was, that was happening, that was, that was, you know, life-giving. You know, it was done with the outcasts, with the lepers, with the tax gatherers. You, know, you read Jesus' story, and it was, it was always the outsiders you know, that, that, that just seemed to draw his attention. You know, and, it, and it's really interesting because, again, when you kind of think about, um, think about the, you know, the people that, that we're amongst, it, it seems like people have open and closed moments in their lives. For the first 20 years of my life, my life was shut like a book. It was shut like a safe. Well, sorry, my, my, I think I was probably a child convert and then, and then just completely walked away in my teenage years. And, and I had absolutely no interest. In fact, I was pretty opposed to the gospel in my teenage years. And, and then as a young 20-year-old student, uh, you know, having, having kind of headed down a, a bunch of dead ends, there was a moment of openness in my life. Just, and I don't know how long that openness would have been, but I am so grateful for the people who had the courage and the, and the love 
to talk to me and to invite me to, you know, in, into, into relationship that, that caused me to kind of go, I want what they've got. And if, and if Jesus is what they've got, I want that, you know, and it, it was, it was, but, but we have moments when we're really open and then, you know, you think about the people that you've been praying for, that you love, that you're kind of going like, God, when, when will I ever respond? And it's looking for moments of openness in a person's life. I, if, if you want to put the next, the next picture up, the, um, you know, I, I tend to think about life like this, that it's like a motorway and you have off ramps and you have on ramps. And, and those moments, those, those off-ramps and on-ramps are like moments of transition. They're, sometimes they're, you know, you know a, a lot of people make commitments to Christ. You know, most people make a commitment to Christ between 4 and 14. Uh, and, but the reality is this, that, that sometimes people who have made a profound, you know, and, and chosen Jesus as a child go to high school and lose their faith. You know, we, we know the story around university. You know, that, that a lot of people who, who have walked with Jesus in their youth group go to university and abandon their faith. Uh, the, that, that uh, you know, we, we sometimes have this situation where people, when, when, when a couple, when, when two young people, um, you know, uh, have been serving God, they get married, they just get so into each other that, that they actually, it's, it's an off-ramp from, from anything. It was kind of like, yeah, I'm just, we're just taking time out. You know, it, okay, we'll see you when you're 50 then. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crazy thing. But the interesting thing is this, an off-ramp is also an on-ramp. And people in transition, you know, those life stage transitions, some, you know, relational transitions, when, when people, you know, when, when, when relationships go, go poorly, often it's, it can be an off-ramp or it can be an on-ramp, but it's that moment of time when, when hearts are open. And, and I, you know, in, I guess in one sense, you know, I, I, wanna, I just want to give you one really simple kind of thought around this thing tonight. And, and, and it's this, that I, I, think, I think seeing this thing of kingdom expansion is actually not about us. I, the incredible thing is, I, see, I don't think it's about how fervent I am. I don't think it's how, it's how spiritual I am. I don't think it's how pumped up I am. I don't think it's how overflowing my life is. I don't think it's how, you know, how intentional I'm being. It's actually about who I'm hanging out with. It's, it's actually where I'm at. If, if, I'm, if I'm here right in the center of, of, of kingdom community, I'm probably not going to have these kind of experiences. But if I'll, if I, if I'll lurch out to the advancing edge of the kingdom, I'm going to see this stuff happening. You know, don't, we, don't we just see this? You know, when you kind of think about it, it's like, that, that Kiwi's right. <laughs> They're not often right, but I think he's right tonight, you know? That, that, that it's actually not about us, that it's actually about who we're with. It's actually about the kind of people. It, it's being in that place when someone has, a, has, just for a moment, the door swings open. Might be just for, might be just for a couple of days. And, and if, we can be, if we can place ourselves there with those people at that moment of time, it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a kingdom moment. It's kingdom expansion. We lurch out that way, and then we invite them to come with us as we, as we lurch back into kingdom community. And, and that's the rhythm that we want to talk about over this, over this weekend. You know, I, 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 um, there's probably some other things that, that I should talk about, but I, I don't know about you, but I'm, this is Queensland. I'm cold. Yeah. <laughs> What's the deal here? <laughs> We, we came here expecting that it was going to be warm. I'm bitterly disappointed. You know, we've just frozen in Sydney. We, we're New Zealanders. We're used to this stuff, but where's the heaters? Come on. <clears throat> All right. Summer's on, the way. summer's on, summer's on the way. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> so, it's a, so, you know, tonight it's, it's this thing of God, would you show us? Would, would, you, would you show us what, you know? See, see the gifts of the Holy Spirit 
They, they are, you know, the Bible talks about signs, wonders, and miracles. You know, you know, miracles are, are these miraculous things. It, it's, the, it's the intervention of the, of the supernatural into the natural. You know, wonders are designed to make people wonder. And, and signs are meant to point people to something. You know, and, and I think our temptation in, in church life, and particularly in churches like the Vineyard, our temptation is, is to make the signs the actual event. You know, that... Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, if, if we put the sign up there, what, what's, what's your terrible rest, red rooster? You know, if you kind of see a, a red rooster sign, you, you know, you, you don't kind of sit under that sign and kind of go, awesome, I'm going to get some fried food. This is going to be so good. I'm going to have a fat hit to, and a slam to the heart. You know, it's going to be good. You know, you, it, it, it's, it says, it points to this thing of come in and get the food, you know. It, you know, again, when, you know, when, if, I was so glad when David picked us up and we didn't have to drive ourselves here. Because, you know, when you drive in a place that you're not familiar with, you are constantly looking for signs. But, but you know, if we saw the sign to Pine River's Vineyard, and, you know, we kind of went, ah, awesome. We're here. Don't know where they are, but we're, we're here. You know, I, I know I'm kind of laboring a point. But signs point people to something. The sign is not the event. The sign is the pointing. And, you know, and with Jesus, he's, you know, he, the signs pointed to him and he could say, Look at me. And for us, when signs take place, it's, it, we, we say it, it's, it's all about Jesus. It, it, this is, you have, you're about to step into something that you've never experienced before. I want to leave you just with this thought, and then we'll, we'll pray and we'll invite the Holy Spirit to come. <clears throat> well, actually, he's already here. <laughs> he came with us. <clears throat> we, we brought him. <laughs> but see, love and compassion... Take us to the advancing edge of the kingdom. It's, it's that that takes us there. That's the, that's the fuel. When we come together like this, we, you know, we get fueled. And so, you know, we, we invite God to touch our lives in such a way that we kind of go, oh, I've got too much for myself. And that love and compassion takes us to the edge of the kingdom, to that advancing edge. And what the gifts of the Spirit do is they give us something to do when we get to the edge of the kingdom. And it's, and it's this beautiful rhythm of, you know, that, that's, that, you know, it's this, it's this stepping right and stepping left and stepping right and stepping left. It's, you know, God wants rhythm. He wants process. He wants progress. He wants momentum. You know, we, we talk about the vineyard as being a movement. You know, and when a movement loses movement, you know, it ceases to be a movement. Profound stuff, I know. But, but, it's, but we, we have to be a people that are just, that are stepping to kingdom expansion and lurching to building community and lurching to kingdom expansion. It's a, it's a, we're actually making progress when we're doing that. We can feel like this is just way too overwhelming for me. And yet, he's, he's the one. We get caught up in his story. And I tell you, he's, he's right here in the center of, of, of kingdom community, and he is so present at that advancing edge of the kingdom. And, and I, I've, got to, I've got to share with you one, one thing. I, I'm not sure if it's like this in, New, in, in Australia, but in New Zealand, we have a lot of bored Christians. We have a lot of people who kind of think about how great it used to be, you know, and, and you know, it's, it's, that old th- you know, it's that old thing, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of, a, I'm an old tacker these days, you know, and, and, and there's a saying that's kind of like, the older you get, the better it was, you know, and, 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 and we can be so caught up in nostalgia, we can be so caught up in what, what used to be in old stories, you know, and I don't know about you, but I, I want fresh stories. You know, I want now stories. I want, I want today's stories. And, and, and it's going to require us to lurch. It's going to require us to, to kind of go, I, don't, I just can't live on what used to be. Because we, we talk about ourselves as being a centered set. 
You know, and sometimes it's, we, we kind of, we, we're pretty stoked with that because we're like, yeah, we're a centered set. We're centered on Jesus. But this Jesus that we're centered on is on the move. You know, and one day he's, he's you know, he's, he's right there with the poor. He's right there with the marginalized. He's right there with the brokenhearted. He's right there with the divorcee. He's right there with the, you know, with the person facing, you know, the cancer diagnosis. You know, that's where, and he's saying, come on, follow me. Follow me, lurch into that and see what God might do. See if we give a prophecy there. You know, it's lovely that we can practice with each other. And it's a really important thing. Tomorrow we're going we're to lean a bit more into this thing of building kingdom community. But it's so important for us to lurch into where the king is. You know, and he find, you know, he's, in, he's in some of the ugliest places. He's in some of the most painful, uncomfortable places. And yet that's where the fruit is. And I, know, I don't know about you, but I, you know, it's, it's been really helpful for us to, you know, to kind of say to people who are bored in their Christianity, say, you know, it's not that Christianity is boring. It's actually, I've got to tell you, it's you that's boring. <laughs> you, you stop lurching, you know. You, you've, you've become balanced. No wonder you're bored out of your brain. No wonder you want to check out a church. Gosh, you know, you're not, you're not walking anymore. And it's this invitation, you know, and, and one of the things that we do in a gathering like this is we, is we give each other a pushes. You know, it's, a, it's that loving push to kind of go, go and lurch out. Lurch out to, the, to that kingdom periphery. Hey, let's stand. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. And Lord, I, Lord, I'm just so aware that there's so much hunger in this room. Lord, we, we want those stories. Lord, we want right now, we want, we want living kingdom expansion stories. And, and so Holy Spirit, we're really aware that, that we actually need to receive that deep sense of love and compassion. Because it's that that's going to take us to the, to the edge of the kingdom. It's that that's going to that's give us that ability to live at that edge, that uncomfortable place where sometimes people just aren't nice to us, where, people, where sometimes we get rebuffed, where sometimes it doesn't go as we thought it would, was going to happen. But Holy Spirit, would you come now, just as we stand in your presence, would you fill us with love, fill us with compassion? So come, Lord. Just, just welcome him. I, you know, I, I know that you're a people that love the Holy Spirit. You love his activity. You love his presence. And just welcome, welcome him as the, as the God of love and the King of compassion tonight. Welcome him to that deep place of our hearts. Fill us, Lord. Break our hearts. Touch us in that area. Thank you so much. Fill us again, Lord. Would, would you, Lord, by your spirit, would you lurch us? Would you, would you push us off balance for the advancing edge of the kingdom? Would you lean us into that? I, I pray right now, all around this room here, that you would put situations, that you'd put people that we're actually already in relationship with who are at one of those transition points. Would you, would you bring their faces, their situations before us? Make us aware of them, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.
So come, Lord. And just, just as, those, as those faces and, and names and situations, the things, and, and my sense is this, I, I think this for some of us, and there is absolutely no sense of condemnation in this, but I, I think he's nudged us about some of these situations before. And, and tonight, he's reminding us, saying, yeah, go on, it's still there. That could still happen. That, that edge is still there. So come, Father. And would you send these churches? Would you send us into that advancing edge of the kingdom? Would you give us the courage? Would you give us the love? Would you give us the, just the energy, Lord, in, our, in the busyness of our lives? Would you send us to the lost and to the broken, to the sick, to the, to the, to the ugly situations in our city? Would you send us, Jesus? Thank you that you are bread that runs to the hungry. Thank you that you're water that runs to the thirsty. And may we be caught up in that story tonight. May we catch that tonight, I pray. Now, he just wants to bring impartation. So let's, let's, let's be aware of what's happening.